right, welcome to another episode, a special episode of Monty and the Barrow, along with associate producer of The Wrestler and 350 Days, Mr. Evan Ginsberg, also host of The Evan Ginsberg Show here on Village Connection Radio. Thanks for having me back. And none other than Hall of Famer, WWE, NWA, AWA, all-time super wrestler, and our fan favorite, Greg the Hammer. We are honored. Thank you, sir, for taking this time with us. Um, 350 Days. Can you tell us a little bit about the involvement in 350 Days Mm -hmm. and uh, what you thought about the film? Well, this, uh, the making of this movie has gone on for quite a while, so it's good stuff. And there was a lot of stuff. And uh, it was a long movie, and they cut it down, you know, but they, you know, you got the sweetness, you know, something always going to end up on the cutting floor, but this is the sweetest cuts of all. The guys are phenomenal, a lot of big names. Um, Just talking about, 350 days on the road, not going home, driving long trips, getting in car wrecks when it rains too hard. I mean, talking about Philadelphia Spectrum, getting a car and you got to be in Portland, Maine the next day. And I did that and slept all day when I got to Portland. Just driving straight through after wrestling, some stiff wrestler like S.D. Jones or something. <laughs> That's a delivery. Uh, delivery. Uh, SD was stiff, huh? Huh? SD was stiff? Yeah, not really. I, <laughs> I'd wake him up. I'd hit him real hard so he'd hit me back. <laughs> I, you know, I just fight me, damn it. You know, but I enjoyed it, but, you know, it's a hard way to go sometimes. You get tired. And so, nothing against SD, but I had to, the worst part is driving. And then you got to drive all night. You know who booked this? First of all, with no airplane ticket. But you know, you got to Portland, Maine. It was sold out. And the next night you were in Bangor, so that was an easier trip. You know, so those are the old days, and that's what 350 days is about. Waking up at four o'clock in the afternoon, have to drink some coffee and go wrestle. You know, it, it was a crazy schedule, and and even when we were flying all over the place. You know, you ever tried to go to sleep? You're all wound up for this big wrestling match in Chicago, and then it's over, and you try to go back to the hotel and go to sleep, and you're all like, you can't go to sleep. Give me a break, and they got a flight for you at 7 in the morning to wherever, you know, L.A. probably or something. So it was just crazy. You never got any sleep. I used to fly in to California, go get a rental car, go straight to the gym, I just airplane sleep is all, three or four hours, and then work out, then go to the Marriott or wherever we stayed, usually it was a nice hotel, that was a good plus, but you get two or three hours of sleep there, and then go and wrestle, I mean, it's crazy, it's nuts, it is crazy. and then stay up all night again. What was the longest stretch you had without a break that you can recall? Well... I was mad. I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even say that, but I was having trouble at home. So I just told George Scott, the booker, I said, just book me and don't give me any days off. And he booked me like 
60 days straight. Mm. <laughs> wow. But then when I got back, my wife treated me nicer. Yeah. There you go. So there's a lesson learned. Sometimes Absence you got to get heart. out. Man. There you go. I'm, first of all, if you're going to be a wrestler and be successful at it, you have to be married to pro wrestling. Maybe this is for other jobs, too, like being a rock and roll guy or whatever. you got to be married to that first. Right. And the woman's got to realize that. Right. Was that difficult in your, in your situation, or was that something that, after that, was it 60 days the one time where you had to, uh, you know, look, I'm a wrestler, this is what I do for a living, or? Uh, no, the other <laughs> time I just threw her out. <laughs> wow. There I go prying. That's, that's, anyway. back, that's back before O.J. Simpson did all that oh, shit. Geez, oh, my God. That's a message for Mrs. Monty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be careful. You know, I mean, the laws changed, but I never beat my women up. I just told them to leave. Right. Get out. Right. Right. But I took care of them after they left. But I mean, sometimes you just, you know, you're married to the business first. Right. And thankfully, the the woman I have now is we've been together a long time, and it's great. So you just, it takes a while to find out that I got a happy medium now. But I don't work all the time now. Right. Right. I, I mean, to be fair. But I like to I like to work on the weekends. Yeah. And get away, and she likes to have her space. And uh, I, I just love the road. I can't get it out of my system. Right. You know, I always found it amazing with all the traveling, too. I remember when the first uh, that Sports Illustrated came out when wrestling really had that boom. And I can remember a, a pretty solid paragraph about how strong you were and how much you used to bench press as being probably one of the strongest wrestlers as far as bench pressing going. In your heyday, what's the most you used to bench? Oh, I was. I didn't do that much. I. I never made it to 500. I did maybe 440 or something. Oh, is that all? Well, that's not all. Oh, my God. <laughs> 440. You need like five of me. With the sixth one helping. You know what I you mean? Know, I, I, Jim Neidhart, I used to watch him. He didn't even warm, warm oh up. And he'd come down. And he'd work out with me. And, and he'd come down. And he'd have like a 320 on the bar already. Or what, okay, what was it? Three, 345s on each side. So what would that be? Right. 320, 320 right? Right? Yeah. He'd do like 10 reps. Wow. And he's cold. And he's cold. Wow. If I did that, I'd break every bone <laughs> in my body. <laughs> That's oh, crazy. Oh, my God. I can't warm hey, up. Hey, Dennis, you might not have wanted to mess with Nightheart. <laughs> now, now that you know that one. And another guy could do that was Dino Bravo. Oh, right? okay. He could just sit down there and not even warm up and do it. That's, you know. You know, speaking of Dino Bravo, was there any legitimate heat between you and Dino? Uh, I know in WrestleMania 3, I think that's when he broke up yeah. the Dream Team. Um, right. From what I've read, you were unhappy with that breakup, and you did not want to participate with Dino. Is that true? Yeah, but it wasn't nothing against Dino. I tried it for a while, but I uh, just didn't have the timing with him. And then every morning, you know, when you're, when you're a tag team like that, you're like married to your... You don't sleep in the same room, but you're married to your partner. And every morning he was beat his fist, and and he just flipped out every morning, couldn't find it. I said, calm down, dear. But the, the worst part, I could put up with that, but the worst part was the timing wasn't there in the ring. And uh, I, I, it's hard to control a tag match, and he wouldn't listen to me, but I don't know, he just... There, there wasn't that. It just didn't yeah. jive, yeah. And then they came up with a stupid angle where they were going to steal the bulldog, yeah. 
and we were going to walk out with a like a dog one of those things that stick out a dog collar and that's that's bullshit you guys want to we're going to take matilda yeah i mean i guess <laughs> how could you would you guys would you guys buy that i no. to me to me it was cartoon no, it been horrible it was cartoon i said is that all you got yeah did but, you resign over that, by the way? Can I ask that? Was that, well, they was had that a, like they the had final a, straw for you? Well, they had a... That was just about, but I was kind of going to go along with it, I guess. Okay. You got to pay the bills, and they, they weren't hurting me. Right. But... So then they came... What happened? They... Uh, oh, we went to Madison Square Garden, new dream team, and we're wrestling the Killer Bees, and they want us to put the Killer Bees over. I said, I that's like, it. Yeah, I don't, I've I, had it. Yeah, no, I, but I, like I went that. out and put them over, and I did something with a cute finish where I figure forward one of them and standing like this, and the other guy jumped off the top rope and, and rolled me up. Rolled so you it up. was a cute finish. Wow. Uh, nonsense. But I, I got upset. <laughs> I says, I'm leaving, and I'm quitting, and I'm not telling anybody. I had like 10 more shows to do, mm. and I got on the airplane and flew home, and I was by myself on the airplane my god there was nobody on it and who gets up in first class and goes to the bathroom is Hogan so I said you know he's like Hogan. Vince's right hand guy back up maybe I don't know but I'd hide <laughs> <laughs> don't see me hey brother well, he must <laughs> so I I mean we were friends and we were close but I didn't want him to see me on he knows right. I'm supposed I'm supposed to be on the road right yeah. So I don't know if he saw me or not, but I kept hiding, and he never, he never came back. So I get oh, home, my God. and I'm home for about four or five hours, and I get a phone call, and it's Vincent Mann. And what are you doing? I mean, it got, it got out, so I figured it came from Hogan. And I talked to him, and I hung up on him, I swear. Really? And then he called back, and I talked okay. to him a total of five hours, and he talked me into coming back. Really? Okay. And I had a deal to go to WCW then. To be one of the four horsemen. Wow. Barry Wyndham Barry Windham was turning babyface, so it was a hot and JJ Dillon, it was his idea, I guess. Cause, oh, and Jim Ross called me and then, so they were trying to pull me. And I met a lot then, you know, so to go in there as being one of the four horsemen would have been great for my career. Oh my god. And I let Vince screw that up for me. Uh, wow. Well, Evan, there's another reason to throw stuff at Vince's photo at home. So, you know, you, 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 you you're speaking about Vince. You you worked in the AWA. You worked in... Uh, no, I never wrestled AWA. You never wrestled AWA? Okay, so you worked under Crockett, McMahon, and Bischoff in, within certain yeah. uh, areas. What What's the difference between the three? Well, I love... You know, I mean, Vince and me... We're still friends, and I, I mean, I understand what, the way he thinks. And he's the boss. I had a good run up here, so whatever. So, and always he put me in the Hall of Fame. So I've had a good run with him. Right. And Jim Crockett, I had a good run with Jim Crockett. Eric Bischoff, he just, I never jived with Eric Bischoff. He just hung near Hogan, and he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Right. Right. He looked. He looked good. He he got into the owners of Time Warner and whatever, and, and talked him into letting him be the boss. And I don't think he knew how to be the boss. Right. 
that's what's wrong with WCW, and that's what, why they lost the whole company. They lost everything. It's because of egos and wrestlers running it. Vincent Mann, at least, was not a wrestler. He ran the company. Pat Patterson was by his side, and they did it, and they knew what they were doing a right. year ahead of time. Yeah. And sometimes two years ahead of time. WCW didn't know what they were doing for next Nitro. Wow. So they lost everything, and they sold out for $3 million to Vince, and he bought everything. Yep. So being the professional that you, you are, when you're in that WCW run, are you just like, what am I doing here? Or is it just like, I, give me they, a paycheck? They gave me a contract, and I was, I was finished in WWF for a while. I knew I had to get out because of the earthquake match. So right. I had to get out. And it was time to get out and had nothing. I, look how long I've been there. Mm. 79 right. to 94, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. And I was treated great and made good money. And uh, so I, my loyalty would be with here. But Jim Crockett s- lost everything, sold out. And then WCW took over Jim Crockett, Charlotte. They, and they, they blew it because of Eric Bischoff, Bill Watts, Wrestlers, Dusty Rhodes got wrestling so, but he, he screwed it up too. You can't have a wrestler that's still wrestling running the friggin' company. Right, right. And you being on the inside as a wrestler, could you must have been able to tell that WCW was working towards the, the quick toilet flush, ultimately. Well, the NWO thing was good, right? Oh, so great. when I, when I left in 92, Hogan made that move, and then the NWO thing. So WCW was was beating WWF in the ratings mm-hmm. and the NWO thing and Hogan turning heel with the NWO that fucking thing got over and I remember back then you know we, we wrestled still wrestled mainly in the south but you go to places like Chattanooga Tennessee and it's sold out and everybody's wearing NW I mean the whole south all the college kids got into it right they got into this yep. yo and yep. Yep. they, you know, it was the timing yep. was right. Mm-hmm. WCW was going to knock him out of the box. And then Vince <laughs> came up with his own counter move, which was the, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Rock and Triple H. And well, then something happened. Yeah. Vince started selling out again. Right. And uh, then success. Every, I think maybe Hogan left or something. Something got messed up in the mix, and they lost. And, and then Time Warner didn't right. want wrestling anymore. Right. And they, they fucking. Right. Uh, well, they, Vince Russo was hired by WCW, and then him and Hogan had that fallout at Bash of the Beach. Okay. And within a year, WCW was in the shit. Yeah. See, I didn't so know what happened. I mean, I knew yeah. they were on top, and I yeah. left. And I said, "What the hell happened? They had it going." Oh, I know. I know what it was. So the NWO had four guys, right? Then, you know, that was great. Then they had five. Then Then they had six. Then they had eight, nine, ten. Then they had the NWO Spanish version. I remember when Evan was in it. They killed the goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah, absolutely. They should have kept it four or five, you know, NWO guys. They destroyed it. They destroyed it. They did. Because those guys were cool. Yeah. But great. The guy, other guys they brought in were not that cool. Hey, Greg, another reason why I think that WCW ultimately lost the war, and I want to tie this question in, was just to me, because Vince, it, it's in his blood. It's in the family business. 
Bischoff was not a, not in the family business. He didn't know nothing about wrestling. Vince being the son of a famous promoter, I wanted to ask you, what was it like being the son of a famous wrestler? Because your father was fantastic. For those of you who are not familiar with Johnny Valentine, you know, multiple-time United States champion, amongst other things. Um, you got some liquid? Some I water? need some water. I'm yeah. sorry. Right. I'll drink. I'll drink off anybody. <laughs> I'll just pour it in my mouth. There we go. Um, got any vodka? What was the no vodka? <laughs> what was the question? Uh, I wanted to know what it was like being the son of a famous, you know, wrestler. It was hard, but it was. was it? But it was. Uh, now, for, in the beginning, you were actually reluctant to take your father's name, so you went with the Fargo name, I believe. Yeah, but okay. The promoters wanted me to be Johnny Valentine Jr., and I'm okay. not Johnny Valentine Jr. I'm Greg Valentine, and and my dad didn't want to. My dad didn't. Back then, if you were over 40 years old, the, the fans tried to say you were washed up and you can't be a wrestler. And my dad was in better shape in his entire life when he was in his 40s, and mm -hmm. so I I wasn't ready to carry that name for a while. So I, I let him have his space, and I was just glad to be in the business. And right. uh, I hooked up with Fargo after I was got out of the dungeon. <laughs> and then I met him in Detroit, and uh, Fargo taught me a lot. I was a Fargo brother for two or three years off and on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great psychologist in the ring. He wasn't my dad's style. He was more like Buddy Rogers. He did the strut. Okay. He did high spots. Okay. You know, he didn't do that. I was, later on, I adapted what my dad did. But uh, I I mixed that with Don Fargo's style and Johnny Valentine's style and came up with my own style. Right, right. You yeah. mentioned uh, Stu Hart. What was it like being uh, trained in the dungeon? And also afterwards, I think you got some training from the Sheik also? Yeah, all that was good. But I really didn't learn that much working out in the gym or working in Stu's basement. Mm -hmm. He just tortured me a little bit, but that was all good. Okay. But that's Describe part. tortured. Uh, well, you put me in a real hard headlock or something, or he put me in oh, front face lock. That was it. He told me, don't do it like this, and he cracked my neck. <laughs> what the fuck? Don't do it like this. But he was easy on me because I talked to some other guys. He's a good friend of my dad's. So. Okay. But he showed me that wrestling is for real if you put a hold on for real. Right, right. And the real front face lock, and then there's a working front face lock. But it's one of the best holds in the world, and it's a good wrestling hold too, but it's a real hold, the front face lock. But I went to Sheik, and Sheik didn't do anything. I stayed with the Sheik. He had a big house, big ranch, and... Uh, he always, every time I saw him after that, you used to live with me. <laughs> I lived there about four months. Like, it's only four months, dude. Yeah, and he had his son, his retarded son. No, he wasn't. I'm sorry. Eddie. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I said oh, that. my God. I got to be. You meant lopsided. Go on. I'm sorry. Was his son named Dan? No, Eddie, I think. No, Ed, yeah. it wasn't Eddie. But he's a promoter now, but we stayed down Wait. in the basement together, but. Finally, the Sheik says you got to leave. How did you wind up with the Sheik from going from Stu Hart to the Sheik? Who recommended you? To My go to dad, because he's good friends there with both go. of them. And, but I, I wrestled from, uh, he had a ring in the back by the swimming pool, but nobody came over to work out with me. So 
he just put me in a ring and let me wrestle. And I wrestled Bobo Brazil. I wrestled all these top guys. But I learned from them. You know, they they were, i just follow them. they do this. And, and that's how I learned how to work. In front of a crowd, wow. not in front of... You were actually or, fortunate, you know, fortunate enough to be given somewhere. programs against some of your father's rivals. Yeah. Is that true? Eventually, like yeah. Like Bobo Brazil was yeah, one? Yeah, Bobo was Brazil. Was it Don Leo Jonathan? Did you, did you do no, that? No, I didn't ever wrestle him because okay. he was over, over in Oh, Canada. he was that? Okay, okay. But um, there was like Bearcat Wright. I wrestled against him. And that was a big foe of my dad. How about Kowalski? You know, Killer Kowalski was over. I'm not sure. Maybe still in WWF. Right. I Probably. haven't got there yet. Probably. Different, dip, you know, my dad's, using my dad's age and bracket. Uh, Greg, if I can ask you, and I know it's difficult probably to talk about, but I wanted to ask you about the plane crash that your father was in and how it affected you, and um, ironically how you were asked to actually replace your dad in Mid-Atlantic. Can you tell us a little bit about those memories, if you can? Well, I, I remember uh, Dick Murdoch and Bill Watts. I was in Oklahoma, and they said, your dad's had a bad plane crash, and I first thing I, oh my God, he's died. But then they said, you know, he's, he's, he survived it, but he's hurt. Is it broken back? Yeah, broke, broke his back five, five or six different places. Okay. I went to see him and it was bad. And, uh, Jimmy Crockett was there every day. That, you know, he was the guy that took mid Atlantic and really make it, made it big. And he goes, I'm passing the torch to him. Wow. I'm wow. finished. And he said that right in front of me. And I was wow. like, wow. I wanted to cry. Yeah. I probably did cry later yeah. on. But I didn't go right there. I, I didn't want them to bring me up there right away. How old was so, you dead when the plane crash happened? Um, 47. 47. You, you know, Greg, I want to jump into uh, your battle for the U.S. title with Ric Flair. Can you give us some memories about that? Well, let me finish how I first came into Carolina. Sure. I was still in, in Florida with Dusty Rhodes. Sure. And I liked Dusty personally. I liked him. And George Scott kept calling and calling. And I liked Florida because there was a lot of beaches and a lot of pretty girls. And okay. I was making a thousand a week. And, and we I, loved I Florida Championship Wrestling. We used yeah. to watch oh, it. Oh, I mean, great. And short Florida trips, Sully. short trips, Miami. For I mean, give sure. me. I says, you know, I, you I was Morocco actually, with you. Was Morocco I, with you at that time? Yeah, so, oh, forget yeah, it. He's yeah. never leaving. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and George Scott kept calling, and so I'm going to play with. I says, I I can't turn this opportunity down. I don't really want to go to Charlotte because nothing but Hicks there. I'm thinking. <laughs> no offense. Can hear Ric Flair now. <laughs> bunch of hillbillies up there Charlotte I've been in LA and Florida I gotta go but the money you know so they were tempting me with that and the big break so Dusty says come on you're gonna eventually have to go there let's make him let's send him a tape so he set up all these two by fours or something like that that I could break and I drop an elbow on him and I dropped two you know I sent that tape up there my arm was black and blue oh, after wow. that sure. but they sent it up there and they played it, kept playing it on Carolina TV, Mid Atlantic, and then I finally went in there for one shot, and didn't. And then he says, "You're not coming in yet. We're bringing you in for one shot." So I came in there and wrestled uh, 
household name there, Johnny Weaver. Johnny and they Weaver. Had, they had me jump off the top rope, which I wasn't used to doing this, like Randy Savage, and drop the elbow across his neck. And I got him, and I think I friggin' almost killed him. <laughs> Didn't you retire then, him? He yeah. retired, yeah. So he retired becoming oh, that. And then Jeez. I didn't come back for two or three months, and when I came back, they were pissed at me. And so and then I tagged up with Flair, and the rest is history. You know, they, they, they really set me up perfect to come in there. And my dad was, you know, I mean, he's, I, I'm not going to say I ever filled his shoes because he had a different style. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they say I'm a chip off the old block, so. Wow, it's the highest compliment you can give. It's a huge compliment. Yep. And he watched me wrestle all the time. After he was crippled, especially when I came to New York, and if I did something wrong, he'd say, you're flopping around too much. Go to the gym, quit lifting weights, or go to the gym and box, boxing gym. So I did that. Right. Learned how to punch for real. Yep. yep. To be a fighter, he said, you got to look like a fighter. So that's the way they, he, you know, he, yep. he taught me. He didn't do hands-on, but he, he goes, that's better. That's better. You're doing better now. I'll tell you one thing that I will remember, and I don't know who was behind, whoever would push you as you would go from territory to territory. You always knew when he was coming. Yeah, sure. Someone was pushing you really well, even back in those days. They always would build up when you were coming. And I remember yeah. I was like 11 years old, and I heard these stories from my other 11-year-old buddy. Wait till you see this guy. He breaks legs. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with the figure four as your finisher, and how did you get your nickname, The Hammer? Did you ever hear of this group called the Mountain Goats? The Mountain Goats? Bart, <laughs> help me out here. You're, you you're can like Google a- it, but they did a song for me. Okay. They're kind of like comedians, too, but they're from Bakersfield, oh, California. Oh, that's why I know them, then. The Mountain Goats. The Mountain Goats. Okay. And they did a song about me called Break a Leg. And they talked about me breaking legs all the time. And they were fans. So they made a song. Of break, and the people are laughing. It's a corny song, but someone sent it to me. I, I Actually, I think it should be in the top ten. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so how did, the, how, did the, how did the Hammer nickname come about? What did... Where'd you pick that up? Because that's beautiful. It fits you well, like when a I glove. First, when I first came here with a figure four and 79, it was just Greg Valentine. Okay. And I went back to NWA, and I started draping a guy over the ropes, and I'd do that old thing that Johnny Valentine would do is, you know, hit the big punch across the chest, and it was a good punch. And it just that's really what started it because Tony Schiavone was one of and. Bob Cottle were the announcers, and they started saying, here comes the hammer. So right. Next time I came back to WWF, it, it stuck, and Vince liked it. He liked nicknames. So Vince is like, you're the hammer. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of WWF, uh, the Pharaoh and myself, we bleed WWF. Yes, right? we do. We grew up here. Yes, and we did. Of course, we were big fans of yours. Can you tell us a little bit your your experiences with Bob Backlund as champion on your first run around uh, WWE? What are we talking? Seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going in there doing a lot of TV and stuff, and they're getting me ready to wrestle Backlund. But I really wasn't no. I know I was figure form people, and they were carrying him out on a stretcher. And then I found out I was going to be in the Garden as my first match in New York, and I, I mean right to the top against Bob Backlund. So it was a little intimidating, but I was with this figure four. 
I mean, I was made already, so. Um, I'm thinking, I'm kind of worried about what the finish is, what the outcome's gonna be. I'd done nothing but long matches in Mid-Atlantic and I was sick and tired of doing hour broadways and long matches. I go, wow, I'm gonna go to New York and they have nothing but short matches there. So you were surprised when they asked you to do this hour thing? I went, oh, oh come no. on, oh, come on. Thanks, I want senior. a friggin' break. Right, right. <laughs> And Bob Backlund, I watched him work. I said, that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Wrestle him for an hour. Sure, sure. Did, you, you, did you have a lot of talking with him before? No, this? I didn't talk to him at all. Wow. That's We're going to go one hour Broadway in the garden. Incredible. My first time there. But here's what happened. You know, I worked with him, worked with him, and I didn't try to punch him, and I, we just wrestled. And he was in such good shape that mm. most of his matches, he never blew up ever. And he wouldn't sell for the guy. And <laughs> he wouldn't sell. So the people didn't really get behind him, and he just okay. beat him. And the guys didn't know how to work with him. Well, me going an hour Broadway, after 20 minutes, he finally got tired. Wow. So now okay. I'm going to hold him down. I say, Bob, just stay down and sell this. And he respected me. And we liked each other. And I respected him as a shooter and okay. a double tough son of a bitch that could have got oh, mad at me and okay. t- tore my leg off. But go. we're out okay. there doing business. Mm-hmm. And he respected me that, you know, he knew I was a little bit tough, but not not a wrestling tough like him. So we learned how to work together. I love Bob Backlund. To, I mean, after that match, then we always had good matches. and uh, And I could lay in some chops on him but it was with him it wasn't about that it was a it was wrestling back and forth and i really learned how to wrestle from him i learned some amateur awesome. stuff awesome. so, so i love the matches i have with they were great so, love them that's great to hear because we loved your matches with him. Well, absolutely um, but a lot a lot of the former wrestlers speak about back when there's almost bankrupting the wwf back then is, because he wasn't a draw is there any legitimacy to that greg that back when it was a poor draw because I, Mike and I talk about it, and we don't recall that. We, we used to I go mean, to the garden regularly. We don't recall well, that. Was Backlund When I wrestled him, we drew. Yeah. Yeah. That's always true. They should have just kept me for three years going against this that. Is just, a, just keep going and going. Probably would have been a good idea. Don't bring anybody else in. But what would have been so wrong by putting the belt on you and letting you guys exchange it a couple exactly. of times? Well, they, had, they held it up. The Vince. Second. They, held, they held it up the second time. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what stopped it. I was in line to get it. And I should have got it, and then I could have wrestled everywhere, and eventually gave it back to back when we How were. How about October nineteenth, nineteen eighty-one, where you actually are smart enough to hop up first, and the referee gives you the belt, and you walk out of Madison Square Garden as champion? I'm still angry that they took it away from you. It was all it was set up like that, double pin, Rats. and <laughs> we both had our sh- shoulders down, but they wanted the whole belt. They wanted to hold the belt back oh, belt up. up, right. up excuse me. <laughs> they wanted to hold the belt up. Right. And Ernie Roth, my manager, the Grand Wizard, kept saying, "You might get the belt. You might get the belt." <laughs> yeah. So for about a month, I couldn't sleep. Right. Yeah. And, oh, I want that belt. Yeah. I wanted right. you to have. Didn't, that didn't belt. you actually defend the belt one time? I thought in the Spectrum they Did actually you? had you defend After the you title. Out that night with the belt? You told us you Not got some pictures belt, taken with it. But I got pictures taken with yeah. it. Okay. Oh, okay. 
So let me ask you this. You've worked with many champions. Which champion drew the most money for you? I drew money for myself when I was a champion. Right. There yeah. You go. Put the belt on me, I'll draw your money. Um, compare, I mean, you, Ho compare Hogan's I'm drawing power bring, to... I'm just going to bring this up. There you go. You can talk about Hulk Hogan all you want. I'd go in there and wrestle him, and I wouldn't hardly have to do anything for 10, 15 minutes, whatever. He'd, he'd do 15 minutes. I didn't have to do nothing because he was so over but he knew how to sell me too. Right, right. And he was much bigger than me. Right. And I had a, you know, the guy was so over and he could beat you and it still didn't hurt you. And he right. used to, he used to tell me, this wasn't part of the finish, he'd say, Hammer, put the figure four on me after I, I beat you. Nice. And so I got my heat back. Yeah. Right. That's all. Right, right. How is Hulk Hogan as a person to you? I love the guy. I love I love hearing yes. good things about Hulk Hogan because I love Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I well, I do too. Yeah. He was always Brother. genuine to me. <laughs> he loved my dad. He used awesome. to watch my dad in Florida, awesome. and awesome. he treated. He's still right up to this day. He's we still text once in a while and emails. And Julie, he loves my wife Julie. And you oh, know, how would you measure his importance and contributions to this business if you could? Where would you put him? I mean, if you had to. Out of it's all not the an guys, easy question. I'm still going to, I mean, I love The Rock and I like all the, John Cena and all these other guys. Sure, but sure. Hogan's the number one banana. Yeah, I agree. Wow. I agree. Listen, I want to get back to the Grand Wizard and some of those managers back of yesteryear. Albano, Freddie Blassie. Oh, how was your relationship with the Grand Wizard? And do you have any good stories to tell about Ernie? Loved him. Great. Oh, he always worried so much and he... He would call me up all the time when he lived in Fort Lauderdale. And he'd tell me, you know, he, he was a worry war, but what a great guy, you know. Um, Manager of champions. I actually went, I when I eventually moved to Florida, I actually drove, took Julie and I, we went down to see him at his place, Fort Lauderdale. So he, he was a personal friend. He wasn't, he was like a real manager. He wasn't just someone that's, they stuck with me. Right. right. What was your, if you have to pick one, what is your favorite match that you were involved in in your career? If you have a favorite match, any any possible way you might have one, or are there just too many? There's too many favorites. Okay. What do you feel was your most important match, the one that you're going to be most remembered for? Because <sighs> Bart and I just saw an awesome dog collar match today. <laughs> I was going to say it. Yeah. I mean, match. all the stuff I did with Tito and Hogan and, Roddy. British Bulldogs yeah. up here. Right. The people eventually saw that up here. And, yeah, that's got to be the most cherished one. I know we were trying to set an example, and and, and we did a good job of that. And, and I remember being WWE like 10 years later, and some people would see, people were seeing me all the time. Oh, we just saw that match, a dog collar match. Mm -hmm. It was before DVDs were out, but right. they'd come mm -hmm. out with mm -hmm. a, uh, VHS. And that was on some thing from great matches or something. Did, did you and Roddy discuss anything about the match beforehand? Oh, I'd never been in any kind of match like that before. I've been, right. I hadn't even been in a, well, I've been in a Chief J Strongbow strap match. Okay. <clears throat> basically kind of like that. Broke his leg too. Yes. <laughs> God bless him. He was a great guy. Oh, my God. It was like a night off. 
Really? Okay. All he did was shake, and I'd hit him. <laughs> he'd shake some more, and I'd hit him the, some more. The only Italian Indian I know. And then, and then he'd attack. Yeah, the Italian Indian. He'd attack uh, and dance and give me some right. chops, and I'd take a bump, and, and, and I'd screw up. The fans loved him, too. He got a huge pop, Chief it was, But I, Pat Patterson told me one time he'd laugh. He'd go, Greg, you did all the work. I said, yeah, but you did a hell like five different comebacks on me. <laughs> but I would just stay on him, and... It was great. It was the easiest money I ever made. And he never hurt me because I couldn't feel it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but did you and Piper work out anything beforehand? No, he just match? came over to me. We weren't that close yet, you know. Okay, okay. We were sort of close. Okay. By me, we came real close after this, but and, and that's strange, right? Right. After we mutilated yeah, each yeah, other. You know. He came over and this I had no idea, but he gave me some secrets how to work it and when he said when when I go outside you wrap the thing and pull me like that mm -hmm. and just different gimmicks that you could do right. with it. Wrap the chain around the head. Right, because right. I don't know whose idea it was, but at the beginning of the match and I was talking with Bart about this today, the two of you were standing and staring at each other and pulling with your necks. I was That is fantastic. Who I, came up with I that? was great. He, we talked about that Great. before. But then when he was in the ring, he was kind of talking to me. He says, because I'd never worked that kind of match. Okay. So then I got it. You know, we need we need to use the chain every time we could. And then I had a spot where I set up where I had him beat down, and I put the chain kind of like between my legs, and I'd walk off, and he went, boom, <laughs> like that. Hit them high notes, Just, Greg. <laughs> it was, yeah. You know, it was great, and uh, great match. But I remember Classic. rapping, rapping. Yeah, he always, yeah. he always, he always called me a stiff sausage fingers son <laughs> of a bitch, <laughs> stiff son of a bitch. And so I wrapped a chain around his head, and he's sitting down, and he's already gigged his ear, and he's bleeding all over the place. And I drop an elbow on his head, and the chain being so tight, almost. Maybe it did knock him out. Wow. And he's saying, you motherfucker. <laughs> he got out of there, and I blocked him, and I'm not going to stand here. Go ahead, hit me. I'm blocking him. Well, that's, a, that's way. It looks like off. a real fight anyway. Right. These guys ruin the match when they get up there and let, they don't even try to block a punch coming in. You got you to gotta block it, right? Yeah. But I'm definitely blocking these. He still got me on the back of my head and my ear. Like, what? He's friggin' killing me. So that is a real match. Probably as real as you're going to get. Right. And you guys were all blading back in the day, right? Or was that true about Roddy's ear being really that sensitive? That it would bust well, be, like that? to work up to this dog collar match, I would be running, ramming his head in the ring post. Right. And he'd take his own bump, and he'd hit it so hard he'd knock his freaking self out. And then he's cutting his ear, and he mangled his ear. And but I got like everybody thought, even the other wrestlers thought I really did it because I was still. I just, he he took his own bump into there, right? <laughs> I didn't run him in there, right? So he was just one great seller and and great guy to work with. And we everybody said, well, how come you never? you know, never wrestled each other up here in WWF. Mm. We were tired of that. Yeah. Really? You can't. Did well, Vince bring it to you? Like, I got a great idea. Let's no, he had a great idea. You go out in Roddy Piper's pit and shake hands. Really? That's right. 
That, that's right. That's true. And I, and I agreed with Wow. Him. I got one thing I'm enjoying about the wow. interview. It seems like you have such respect for your coworkers, and you seem to oh, okay. have such a, a wonderful relationship with them. It's it's really good to hear. Well, you got it because you're only as good as your opponent. You got to make your opponent look good, or you don't mean shit. Right. And and that's the whole old school of working. And I was always, I could, I could, I'm not going to let some guy kill me off. I'm going to stay over. The only part, bad part in wrestling is you eventually get older and, you know. Right. But I'll still take anybody off. wanted to uh, ask you about the intercontinental reign that you had. It was uh, 285 days. It's the fifth longest reign in WWE history. Uh, it ended, to me, in a fitting conclusion where you destroyed yeah, was, the championship. It was a great uh, ending. Who, whose idea was it to destroy the championship? Was that I, Vince it, or was that... Uh, it probably came from Vince. Okay. Did, Jay you, did you agree with that storyline? Were you cool with the, destroying the belt? Or? Well, I knew I was going to do the favor. It was coming up. And I liked, I liked the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your I was feelings happy on uh, Tito as, as, a, as a person, as somebody you worked with? Probably the best opponent number one I ever had. There's some other number ones, but he's definitely a number one. Do you one. ever cross paths with him nowadays? Because I think he's still out there doing his thing. I just talked to him today on the phone. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's, we're, that's definitely we'll always paths. see uh, great friends. My wife speaks Spanish and they talk, they're good friends. I always put him on the phone, Julie. Wow. I wanted to ask you about uh, your program with JYD at the um, first WrestleMania and, and, and if I could mention the promos, if that's possible. Sure. Uh, some of those promos today might be looked at like, oh, dear Lord, but um, that's they were done a little bit differently back then. Were you okay with these uh, promos? And uh, Well, I grew up in the, the 50s and 60s and watching Archie Bunker. Joe, oh, there you go. So, He's only one answer to that. <laughs> and, and they Hello. said... They, oh, said, the they said the N-word. I didn't say the N-word. Right, no, of course but, not. Of course not. Uh, and I wasn't really implying it. I, I didn't... Cause did I, did I JYD never, come up to you like... We all <laughs> I never been, I never been prejudiced. Right, never, never. One time I, one time as a bunch of kids were, and they were black kids, and they were doing something, and Coco was right there, and I yelled at him, Coco and I said where? the N word, right, and I turned around, and he goes, Greg, don't say that. <laughs> I go, I'm sorry, was, man, but was the bird with him? He says. <laughs> They were what you're not. I said, you're a good black man. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> how, was, how was your feelings about being at the first WrestleMania? No, did, was, you, did you know at the time, like, this is going to be like the Super Bowl of wrestling for the next what? I pretty much what? had the idea after I was doing a lot of media and, and they were bringing all these big stars. And I said, this is going to be a big yeah, thing. Because Stargate 83 was right. closed-circuited. Right. And it wasn't on pay-per-views. But that was the first pay-per-view. But right. you know what? I found out because George Scott was a booker then, and I talked to him a lot before he passed away. And he was my mentor in that, as far as, you know, giving me a lot of breaks. He said WrestleMania, they just... He said, and I'm going to say exactly what he said, he said he, he coined the phrase WrestleMania. Wait a minute, so you just rolled right into this. He sure did. So Dr. D... Was in our studio uh, recently, well, a couple a of weeks, weeks ago. Back, yeah. Doctor D claims to be the man who came up with the, the name WrestleMania. Uh, you had a relationship with Doctor D. Is this true or not? Well, I never heard him say that. Me and Doctor D are, are friends. Okay. 
but he was there at the same time George Scott was. Well, George said it was up, and maybe he heard it from Dr. D. Who knows? I mean, people are going to yeah, still... let them fight it out. But well. Yeah, let them figure it out. I thought, you know, because of Beatlemania and all this Hulkamania, then WrestleMania, you know. Right, right. Uh, so, well, George told me, I believe George, but I, it could be both, you know. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania moment? Anything in particular that stands out for you that you recall most, most fondly? Having a decent match with JYD because I never wrestled him before. Right. And he wasn't really my style. A match you won, by the way, after they screwed you out of it afterwards. What is this? <laughs> this is like a freaking never run things. Let's I screw just, Frank Valentine. I, I just wanted BS. to get. I just wanted to get through the match. Yeah, and you I, got out of I was happy enough right. because he's not a guy that goes forty minutes. Right. right. And we really didn't have an angle except he was over and I had a belt. Right. Yeah. And so it was good enough. It was good. And Tito ran in at the end of it. Craig, Craig, what what was a payday for the first WrestleMania? Ooh, is that too much to ask? What was the payday? Wow, Ooh. for WrestleMania one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drum roll. What was that? <laughs> it was somewhere between twenty grand and oh, wow, somewhere between twenty and forty. Oh, wow, man. that's a great payday. Wow, there's a big in between there. Congratulations, well oh, deserved. It was yeah, worth every penny. I should have been fifty, but yeah, you know. yeah. You know, and that was a title match. So I wanted to ask you on the subject of titles. What was your personal favorite title that you ever held? The one you think about the most? Like this, this belt's mine. I love this belt. I loved holding this title. Which one would it be for you? Well, I made a lot of money with the U.S. belt. Great, uh, right. but I guess, it, and I had it four different times. So it's right up there, and Intercontinental. I mean, all the all the championships. So I, I guess I'll go with the IC belt. Really? Because WrestleMania. Oh, the Intercontinental title, WWE yeah. all the way. Makes me happy. There we Makes go. me happy. Uh, here's a question I'm sure you've been asked, but I'll ask it anyway. If you could do it all over again, would you change anything? I'd go get a job somewhere. What? Nice, nice. Lies. Oh, Lies. <laughs> like the hammer. The hammer. Uh, the hammer lying on my here. No. Excellent. Works no. for me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. The only thing I wouldn't do is, I mean, everything business-wise, I was happy with it, but some of my investments weren't great. Don't ever invest in real estate in Florida. And, you know, just think, like, as far as the business goes, I, I had a good run. I had a good run after I left the uh, mainstream and, and went independent in Japan and still made, you know, the name, the name, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, I made it, but Vince helped me make it and all these other promoters. Helped. But I kept it and I'm still going and I'm just happy to be healthy and uh, help you, have you be, still be able to get in the ring, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy, I'm happy, and I'm happy about living in Las Vegas. What is your wrestling schedule like now? You're still active, so how often do you go out and perform? Well, I got one Friday in North oh. Bergen, and then I have one uh, September Labor Day weekend in Colorado. Okay. In Vail, Colorado, of all places. Oh, my God. Jeez. Yeah, oh, so you that, know what that is? Yeah, and Jake's going to be... In the United it. States of America. Oh, Jake's going to be... Jake's going to be there. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah, Jake's going to be there, too, but he doesn't wrestle. Yeah. But 
we're going to do something. You know, if you don't mind talking about this uh, over dinner, we were speaking about the women's revolution right now in the WWE. Um, yeah. Well, what was the difference <laughs> between women's wrestling back in the day when you were wrestling primarily and today? And what's your feelings about today's women wrestling? Well, the girls nowadays are pretty much pretty hot, right? That's fair. Not to tell me. Yeah, right? they certainly don't and have it, to tell Paul and makes, and makes me nervous to watch them because they're that hot. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And my, and my wife comes out the other day, and I'm watching WWE, and I'm just flipping through the channels. Oh, and Slowly. Slowly. <laughs> and the girl, re- the girl wrestling was on, but it was Ric Flair's daughter, right? So I, I watched that. And then she comes out. Oh, you're watching girl wrestling now. I thought you didn't. Li- I thought you didn't like girl wrestling. This is that's what I get yelled at for. This is hilarious. Oh boy. Oh my and, god. And uh, um, I've watched some of it, and there's a lot of it on now. And uh, those guys better watch out. They might lose their job. <laughs> wow. Because well, these these girls are good athletes, <laughs> yeah. and they're good to look at. Yeah. But I'm still. I. It's hard for. Maybe Ric Flair's daughter, because she's kind of got Flair's big nose. <laughs> nice. Oh, God. And, and, uh, I told you, Big Bird. And she, she, and she could, you. and she is tall, and she can, you know, she's a good champion, I think. Is she she's still actually, champion? No longer champion, no but she, she definitely is a great, great wrestler. Fantastic. Yeah. And she has the it factor, too. She's so, though, these, the it factor, exactly. She does. But that's from Rick. Yep. And, uh, yep. so, that, that uh, the girl wrestling is, I wasn't aware of how much it came along because I quit watching wrestling. And when I first saw this wrestling, I made a comment that I shouldn't have. And I analyzed that comment. And even my wife got mad at me because she watches... <laughs> She watches that show on MTV, the Bella thing. Yeah, the well, Bella. Well, can I, can I ask, yeah. like, what was the My comment? Would you share the comment? Oh, well, Don't do that. He's going to have to go sit in the doghouse. I just wanted home. to know. I'm sorry. Oh, comment yeah. got you in trouble at home. I just wanted to know what the comment <laughs> like, was. About what? Whatever you said to your wife about the girl, women's wrestling. No, it wasn't what I said to her. Is what I said to somebody on some radio show. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear it. That's all we're about. No, I don't want you. Don't, yeah, you leave don't, him alone. It's fine. No, you don't to need to hear it. All right. Well, well, while we're on the subject, I already apologized for that. <laughs> I love women. There you go. And then I, I started watching more and says, maybe I'm missing something. Right. There you go. And there you know go. what? Damage control. The guys better watch out. They That's might true. lose their job. That's true. That's true. Uh, Hammer, I wanted to ask you. It's called a transition. (laughs) Not a transmission. Not a transvestite, but a transmission. Speaking of transmission. Wait, hold on. He's got. Transmission and my Cadillac's going out. That's why I got confused. Uh, That's okay. My engine in my car went out. Oh. My cat got hit by a car. You guys with your car troubles. I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about Moolah with what went down recently with Fabulous Moolah? Are you aware of what went down with Fabulous Moolah recently? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, they had named the Battle Royal after her at WrestleMania, and then it turned out that supposedly some people said that she had been... Mike, help me out here. Um, she was uh, a madam so in the wrestling industries, stuff. and she would train, take the, take the wrestler's money, and then actually uh, sell them sexually to... There's some bad stuff wrestlers. that was coming well, out. I, so I, Vince I, felt I, the pressure and canceled... 
the event that was named after her. It was supposed to be a battle royal, the fabulous Moolah first ever. Was it a battle royal or something was, at, was at WrestleMania? It was a tournament. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Did they already have the tournament? tournament. Yeah, they, they renamed they changed it. it to they the just Young changed tournament. the name. But I was curious. Did you ever I come across that. Moolah? I wondered why it was made. Yeah, Young. so they changed it to, over this controversy. And I was wondering why the Pharaoh was wondering, because I would never wonder something like uh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, the Pharaoh was not wondering. I always... He wondered it. <laughs> I didn't hear that she was a madame or anything like that, but I heard... You know, she she had a lot of girls staying on the ranch there, and and you know, it, the guys would just joke about it. I didn't take it seriously. Frankly, I don't care. There you go. You know. Wow. All right. You know, I don't care, but I mean, people. It's all about rumors now, and this Facebook, and this. Right. right. Everybody's into everybody's yada, yada, shit. Yada. Yep. Yada yada yada. Yep. And yep. That's why I don't do Facebook. And we should just have more breakings of legs. Yeah, that would, that would, we, we need to get back bullshit. to serious. And then the women, the women are are a strong force now. So you just got to deal with it. <laughs> how do you how do you see wow. how do you see the future of the wrestling? Hammer Valentine being politically correct? I'm yeah. not there to Great job, Hammer. Excuse me while I throw up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'll be getting dinner tonight. Hello. No. <laughs> no. No. I had dinner already. There's something I ate. Uh, Greg, how do you see the future of uh, wrestling going? If you could make a prediction, how do you see it going from this point on? Is it going to get better? Are we going to have another fantastic Hulkamania time period? Will, will we ever see anything like the Attitude Hour again? Or have we just hit the internet sterile age of uh, plastic promos and uh, plastic divas? And you know what I'm saying. Any, uh, any hope for the future there? Well, let's just turn our eyes on the XFL. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Greg. I'm going to go throw myself in traffic <laughs> now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Larry just went limp. I'm feeling some oh Vince. I'm feeling some Vince hatred. Here, what is with the XFL anyway? What's your money? I got a hundred million dollars. And my name's Vince McMahon. Yeah, Bart, go long. And yeah, I'm not going to take yeah, care right. of anybody. I'm just going to take this hundred million dollars. Well, and I'm going to start an XFL. And I'm going to waste. And I'm going to waste all my money again. So, Greg, uh, probably you've been asked this question a million times, but I'd like to hear Rather it. than giving it to people that took him to the top Why? in the first place. So, we, we, talk, we talk about former wrestlers and medical insurance and helping out wrestlers yeah. that have given their lives up for these yeah. federations and promotions. Number one, what do you believe needs to happen to make that happen? And number two, why... Do the wrestlers not unionize and stop working as independent Is that an contractors? impossible thing? A union? No, it's impossible. Okay. Because hey, here, here's the deal. Wrestlers are individualists. They'll never get together. It's been tried. My dad tried to do it. And that's why really? way back in the late 60s, he tried to do it. And, wow. uh, and I don't know if Vince... This is after he already left his New York thing, but... It wasn't good, you know. He, he couldn't get booked for a while. He's trying to organize, right? But right. then he went to Charlotte and everything was different. But um, Jesse Ventura tried that, and they got rid of him. Right. Well, um, let me ask you real quick. I, I, I want to I ask you that question since you bring it up. Jesse Ventura claims that while he was trying to unionize our hero and uh, 
one of your close friends, Hulk Hogan, went to Vince McMahon and supposedly. ratted him out, supposedly. supposedly. Is this true? Anything to that? I've heard it, but I don't know if it's true. Okay. I heard that Hogan says, if you do that, I quit. And then I love Hogan, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he had his own deal with Vince. And this, if unionizing would screw up his deal and give more of the wealth out to other guys like me. And, mm. So is yeah. there some truth that... Maybe heard, he did do that. I don't know. I've heard Kevin Nash talk about that at one point in the business, there was a set, what Kevin Nash called, the $750,000 ceiling. And according to Kevin Nash, if your name wasn't Hulk Hogan, you were not getting more than that $750,000. Is there any any legitimacy well, to that? I don't think it's... Because that no, would be like Nash to spell it out more, to the penny. No, it's more like five hundred. Okay. Okay, 500000 Okay. okay. All right, fair enough. I'm that was a club, and then the other guys were below it. Is ne- is Kevin Nash sort of like the Kurt Flood of pro wrestling, where he kind of like forced uh, forced the pay to, to come up for the business as a whole? Now he might have got seven fifty, and that other guy, Scott Hall. <laughs> that other, I guy. don't know that for I sure. So, but it, it it did not go any further than those two guys. So the Farrow right. asked you a question: Would you change anything? So here's an example: You were one of the great workers of all time and one of the great characters of all time. When a guy like Kevin Nash is making that kind of money, and I don't know what you made, do you feel like, God, if I just would have wrestled at this era, I would have killed it? No, different time periods bring different salaries. Well. He was, they did this NWO thing, which I talked about earlier. And it's just the nature of the beast. And um, I made good money. You know, yeah. I had a, 500, a couple of 500,000 years, but they weren't guaranteed. Right. I did it off the house. These guys all of a sudden started getting guarantees from WCW. And then they sucked those guys away from Vince. And that's when Vince almost went broke. And Vince said, well, the guys are saying, the only way we're going to go back to WWF is start giving out guarantees. So Vince start I don't know what they were, 500, whatever. Getting 500 guaranteed for Vince right. would be phenomenal because he never did that. Yeah. But then the merchandising, and so now it's way up there. I don't know what he's guaranteed these guys. But Sen- merchandising, you'd make a million dollars. Senior from. and junior, you work for both, correct? Yeah. What was the difference and weaknesses or strengths? What, what we thought How about similar it? were they to each other as people? Well, like father, like son, but no. Okay. Um, the father, the old man, was a great guy, a humanitarian. He told me a story one time where he hates to fire guys. He okay. would cry about it. Senior. So he had okay. compassion. Okay. Captain Lou Albano said, when Vince takes over the kid, he better watch out because if you fall down and have a heart attack, he's going to step right over you and keep on going. Lou Albano said this. Yes. Wow. wow. And we're all sitting around dinner drinking. He said it right in front of Vinny Jr., and I'm thinking, I'm looking, my vision is way ahead. I go, please, Vince Sr., don't pass away. But he did. But Vince stayed cool for a while. Right. But then he started dissing himself from the boys. I mean, I still was treated good, but, you know, he, it was a different thing. And now he's the man. He's in power. He, he was a friggin' genius. He did all this, you know. But I think he should take care of of the guys that put him there. Right. 
and you know especially he should take care of all the Hall of Fame guys you know give us a bonus I'm not crying I don't you don't no, have to send me no, a dime. I, 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 I'm just saying what he should do I agree for uh, guys that are un, more unfortunate I'm still out here making money so I don't care speaking of the Hall of Fame can you give me three members that are not included that you would wish were in the Hall of Fame right now well, beefcake should be yeah, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, what's up with that? How about the British Bulldogs? Maybe Honky Tonk Man should be in it. Oh, my God. But he messed it up. He was going to be in it. Well, can but you I, tell us that? We don't, we don't know anything about that. What did he that. do to mess it up? Well, Talk. they don't tell you. <laughs> Probably. They don't tell you three, four months out. Or if they don't tell you, because they want to keep everything secret. And he had already booked himself all these places and... He just didn't want to do it. Plus, he got mad about it was in Phoenix, and he wanted an airplane flight. <laughs> he wanted to be treated better. So, he, but in hindsight, I I don't know if he looks back at it. He messed up, but I think he drew a lot of money here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. You're asking me these names. I'm thinking he spent a lot of time in WDO, so. Beefcake should be in there. Honky Tonk Man should be in there. And I can't think. Ivan Koloff. Yes. Ivan Koloff. Because yeah. these guys all. Ridiculous. You know, Vince has put guys in that. Not, not taking anything from Rock and Roll Express, but these guys never worked up here. Right. And other guys. Understood. But maybe they deserve You know, I like both of them, so maybe they deserve it. But I wouldn't have. I think. He's got to get put beefcake and honky in, and Ivan Cole. I mean, I hope, but I mean, there's a few others too. I could. I think I think he should put me back in with beefcake. Sure, why not? You know, uh, I shared with you again um, when I was at WrestleMania two in the Nassau Coliseum. Absolutely closed circuit television. They closed out Chicago, and it was the Bulldogs against the Dream Team with luscious Johnny Valiant, who. uh, recently passed away and a good friend of Evan Ginsberg. Yep. I got to tell you, as far as marking out for tag teams, Dream Team is one of the great tag teams of all thank time. Thank you. All time. I thank great. you. I believe you really mean that. And yeah, I, I, do. I know that, we, you know, I was proud of what we did, and Brutus is proud of that. We really got over here in the Northeast, especially in Canada, and wrestling the Bulldogs, they helped. You know, it was just a good... Good timing is everything, really, in professional wrestling. Eric Bischoff was once asked, after the Monday Night Wars were all over with and he had lost, he was asked if there was one guy you could have had during the wars that you feel would have turned the tide, who would it have been? And I think Mike knows the answer. He turned and he said, that's easy, Vince McMahon. Now, my question to you is, is that when Vince McMahon became Mr. McMahon and started wrestling, getting (laughs) physical... What was that like for you to see this? That, you know, this guy was your boss, and then all of a sudden he's all jacked I up. Just wanted, he's in the ring. I he's just, taking bumps. He must have I'm like, watching that, and I'm gone. But I'm thinking, God, I wish. You can build one? I wish I was <laughs> wrestling him. Oh, there you go. He's probably like, damn it, Stone Cold has all the fun. Well, you know, speaking <laughs> about, let me ask you this. Obviously, you're a very large man. Um, do you feel pressure to take? anabolic steroids during your career to keep up with everybody or it's, are you purely natural because again what I've read is how superhuman strength you had in an articles many times so. were you ever tempted by any of that stuff well there we was, a, was there the was scene. a doctor around there Zahorian 
1979. Oh, and I, he kept pushing this stuff uh, on me, and uh, so I tried a little bit of it, and it made me irritable, okay. and it made my face chubby, <laughs> and I go, I don't need this shit. I've got, I got natural genes from my father, right. sure. so I stayed away from it. Thank wow. God. Good. I did oh, a yes. little a little here and there and I never liked the way it made me. It didn't it didn't improve me. So I have to ask you this before we you know, we get off the air. The pro wrestling magazines, now back in the day when Mike and I first yeah. met in junior high school, we had no access to you when you weren't on WWF programming because right. cable TV wasn't out yet. Right. So we used to go to the stationery store and buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated right. or Inside Wrestling or yeah. The Wrestler, Bill Lapter's Mags. Right. Were you aware at the time? By the way, you were most hated 1975, 1979, and 1983. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. baby. Yeah, most man. hated. Most <laughs> hated. Yeah. Were you aware? And by the, we always loved it every time you oh, won. Yeah, Valentine wins again. But what I thought was great was, were you aware? Aware that the the magazines at the time were basically the bridge to thousands of fans because this is before internet, this is before cable. I mean, what was your take on the wrestling magazines? Were you receptive to them when they came to you? There's a great magazine cover with you and Ric Flair covered in blood. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you remember that one, but wow, oh, yeah. Sure yeah. wow. Well, that was all great, and and I was aware of what was going on, and they always sent me a copy, and they. After and George Napoleano, they they took care of me. I can't think of the guy that ran the company up there, but they Stanley, all took Stanley Weston. Yes, they they oh, man. they I they uh, gave heard. me a lot of cover shots, and they uh, they really took good care of me. Wow. Yeah. Now, when Vince came out with his own magazine oh, go. to go against him, sure, and he put him out of business pretty much. <laughs> Vince never. I think he gave me one cover shot. Wow. You know, Greg, you might not notice this, but our own Pharaoh had his magazine back in the junior high days. I did. I and, had and my own newsletter, and I did. Yeah, I, I even got an ad in the Rings Wrestling magazine. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did, and Tom Burke, New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame journalist, gave me a thumbs up. You did. And I had him on the cover. Nice. 1982. Until he met me, and I told yeah. him I got a better idea. Make the magazine, oh, get the true. money, and don't send it out. <laughs> Great. He was like, keep the money, we'll buy wrestling magazines. So I had this stack of magazines, and so everybody Greg, wanted to know what a mag was. Greg, we want, to, we want to thank you for joining us. We know you've had a long day. Um, Very long. You want to give us a send out about 350 days, and uh, tell people what they'll be seeing this Thursday. Tomorrow. 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 And where they could see you tomorrow. Well... I'm going to be here in New York at one of these theaters downtown Manhattan, mm -hmm. and I'll be there, kissing babies and nice. taking pictures, helping old ladies, helping old ladies to the seats, nice. checking out the divas, hitting <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. objects, <laughs> and uh, it'll be great to meet all the fans in New York because they're the best, and uh, it's going to be all over 400 different theaters, all over the country. And all I've done is talk about it for the last three weeks on all kinds of different radio stations, but it's really worth it. It's a great movie. It's about what we're talking about, and they're going to be able to see, rather than just listen to me, but you'll be able to see Tito and, and Paul Orndorff and Ted DiBiase and, and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, superstar Billy Graham, all those stars in the era. And we actually were on the road 300 and 50 days, or at least it felt like it. Yeah. 
and uh, so it's a good round figure. And um, it's a tremendous movie. It's, a, it's all true. So if you like true stuff that's going to blow your mind yep. behind the scenes, um, you can't miss it. Well, you heard that straight from the hammer. And uh, this is a, another episode of Monty Nefaro. We want to thank Hall of Famer, wrestling great. Great Hammer Valentine for joining us. Yes, Once sir, again, thank you. I'm going to let the Pharaoh give us a send out because, uh, as many people know, and uh, Greg, you will know that you are <laughs> the Pharaoh's all time favorite wrestler. Yep. Yeah, um, thank yep. you. I would tell you, you're on my list, but Don Morocco is my favorite. Your favorite? Hey, hold so, on. That's okay. <laughs> I, liked it. I liked it when Morocco came to the ring and they'd shoot the camera right up at him and he'd go like this. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. He blow, time he, he, a blow, sandwich. he blow a booger out of his nose right on the camera. I go, that's fucking awesome. Before, before you let Jimmy say something, I wanted to say something. Go ahead. You talk about mic skills all the time. You know, wrestlers have mic skills. Yeah. He's got the best mic skills. He just knows how to move that mic with it. Just with his arm, man. He just pulls, pulls, he pulls it right in like it's like this. It's like, he's, hey, baby, he's, 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 he's a professional. professional. He's he did 11 baby. interviews today. This is the 12 microphones. I'm finally learning. He was, awesome. he, he was hugging it like Alexa Bliss. Oh, would you again with Alexa Bliss? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, well, once again, good. it was our honor Absolutely. to have you on our show. You and guys are thank great. Thank you, you so make me, much. You make me feel good. You make me feel comfortable. Awesome. Thank you and for my childhood, Greg. And thank you for too. always being an influence to me. And, and just thank you for being my favorite wrestler. All right, that's and, great. And uh, I feel kind of mushy now. He's the man. Oh. Jim, don't cry. Actually, you can cry for me. Go ahead. <laughs> that's awesome, though. You know what? I really, feel, I really feel for that. Let me put it this I'm way. We're all the same age. Look, yeah. So look. we all had the same. You're, we're all the same oh, age. Definitely, yeah. Let me put so it we th- all had the same experience. I, I got to say this. And I'm not a big wrestler, I have, yet, but I, have I did to, have that experience. I have to say this. I can now... Die in professional yeah. wrestling oh, peace. Oh, oh, oh. Holy cow. In professional yeah. wrestling peace. I can. I'll share one thing before we get off uh, there. I'm sitting at work. Oh, no. And the phone rings. You're not going to do this. It's the foul. going to do this. And he's like, you? dude, Brick. we're about Go to on. interview the great <laughs> Greg the Hammer Valentine. I can't stop shitting. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, relax. My ass He's like, you don't understand. This guy is an icon. And I said, I understand. You used all the toilet paper in there. That's what I did. And he needed it. And he needed it. And I needed it. In the Immortal Words books, buddy, ain't I a stinker? Anyway. All right. Well, so don't forget, 350 days tomorrow, 400 theaters worldwide or USA-wide, and Greg the Hammer Valentine will be in Manhattan. And uh, Hammer? You can catch Monty and the Pharaoh at Village Connection Radio, at Rockstar Studios, every Thursday from 8.05. Get it? Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah. 805. 8.05. Yeah. To 9 o'clock where we cover pro wrestling. This is Long Island's number one broadcast of pro wrestling where we only yeah, get baby. the real wrestlers, yeah, the baby. real pros, Greg the Hammer. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby.